don't care who listening and who not listening. What's going on, everybody? Good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Pacer Pod. Sunday afternoon, actually Sunday evening, 6.30 here. Just uh, had a day trip down to Mecca, Indianapolis, which is uh, about two and a half hours from Indianapolis. So I went down there with the fam and had a good day down in Indy. I was thinking maybe we'd run into a pacer. Uh, we didn't get so lucky. Um, but yeah, it's a it's been a crazy week here as pacer fans, right? Like we had the draft. Um, basically, we got a couple new players, and uh, it's exciting. It's starting to the the roster for next year is starting to take form. You can kind of look at it now with the addition of um, TJ Warren and the rookie, Goga Bidatse. I haven't figured out how to say Goga's last name yet. Maybe it's uh, Bitatse. It's spelled B-I-T. Yeah, you know, I should probably have that in front of me before I about it that's kind of lame um here we go let me get my let me get to my spreadsheet folks it's where all the magic is stored but the dot say b-i-t-a-d-z-e so i don't know you be you be the judge how are we going to say his last name his first name so much fun to say though it's goga and I'm just going to get right into talking about Goga. So Pacers had 18th pick in the draft on last Thursday. Um, and so it was fun. So I, I was really excited for the draft. And I'll be honest, like, so I have usually have PlayStation view during the uh, season. I also, so I'm just saying like, I do pay for the NBA, but right now I'm not paying for the NBA because it's the summertime. So we, I cancel my cable and stuff. Or not cable, but I use PlayStation View. Um, anyways, no, um, what was I getting at? I don't have TV right now, so I was watching the draft, or I tried to watch the draft, and I couldn't find, I couldn't get it because they, uh, it wasn't on Reddit, and so I was like, "Shit, what am I gonna do?" So I went to YouTube, hoping I could find somebody. I, st- I found somebody that was just basically following. Um, Wojanowski's Twitter feed throughout the draft. And, other. Um, and for people that don't know, Wojanowski's like a, basically the best or uh, most uh, famous reporter on like trade on players and stuff. So like he's go like last year, he kept telling the draft picks before Adam Silver would actually talk say them. And so I don't know if that happened again this year or not because I wasn't I wasn't watching. But uh, where was I going with that story? Oh, I was just talking about, so I was watching the draft uh, on YouTube. I ended up finding a different channel where these guys, they weren't actually showing the 
uh, footage from the draft. Like you didn't see any of the players, um, but they were just these two guys. They were talking about it. It was pretty well done on YouTube. I think there was like a hundred thousand people or so watching. Um, but I'm watching there, and one of the guys was like really into Goga Bedatse. Uh, he he kept he was it was like uh, probably I started I tuned into them maybe around like the eighth pick. Uh, no, actually it was the fifth. They just started talking about him around the eighth pick or so, and uh, Goga ends up dropping all the way to 18th with the Pacers, and so like this is kind of a drawn out process where you know af after it, there's five minutes in between each pick, so. Goga's name just kept getting brought up because one of the guys on this on this YouTube channel was like really, really into him, really high on him. And then, so I was actually kind of getting excited about him, even though I knew nothing about, I knew nothing about Goga. I would not have been able to kind of come up with his name. I do, um, regardless, Pacers get uh, Goga 18th, and he seems to be like maybe the, the steal of the draft. Um, because he fell so far. I'm not exactly sure. Like the Pacers definitely didn't think that they were going to be a, uh, be able to draft him. They thought he'd be gone. And uh, he was he was he was projected to be like in that 10, 12, 10 to 12 range. Uh, Kevin O'Connor for from the Ringer, he had go god ninth on his on his big board. So, you know, the Pacers basically got I mean, in and some people who I trust their you know, I trust Kevin O'Connor basically more than anybody. Not, uh, I just value his opinion, I guess. I'll just put it that way. And he had a ninth. So it's like, man, we, we, might, we, we should be excited about this guy. And so I started getting excited. But once again, I knew nothing. Uh, and then so it wasn't until Friday night when I got home from work. I was, I was watching some of the Go Guy interviews. So basically, the draft was Thursday night. Then... At some point, he flies to Indianapolis that Friday, and he has a press conference, an introductory press conference on this on that Friday. And so there was like probably 30 minutes worth of interviews on the Pacers website. So I was just watching him, and oh my gosh, I fell in love with Goga in, in the in during these interviews. I mean, he as far as like I, without being able to see him play basketball um, and I still haven't seen him play a lot. I've watched some of his highlight videos um, and I'll get into that a little bit later, like the kind of basketball player that he is. But, you know, just the way he handled himself during the interview and like the way he answered the questions, I was a huge fan. Um, I'm so excited for him next year. I... I want to be one of the first persons on on the on the Goga bandwagon because he just so he just got a fascinating backstory. So I'm just going to get into this like, yeah. So he he's potentially and this is coming from you know smart people that follow the NBA a lot closer than I do. Uh, Goga was projected to go way higher than the Pacers got him. The Pacers weren't expecting to get him. Were, are just I mean if you should have listened to Kevin Pritchard talk about. Goga and like how excited they were to get a player like him and you know I'll admit like I definitely when I saw him get drafted I was like another center who he's not like a super athletic center uh I knew once you know I knew nothing about his game I don't know uh, but I, I wasn't excited that the Pacers got a center I, I was like man we need to get some wings 
like and guards or like something else. It seems like center and uh, big guys position is pretty much taken care of, right? With Miles and Domoth. But then it's like I listened to um, I listened to the press conference. I listened to Kevin Pritchard um, talk about the pick, and you know, essentially he he said there's 96 minutes uh, in a game to play big guys. So you take the power forward and the center position. And if you always have those two positions filled during a game, that, that equates out to 48 plus 48, 96 minutes. And if you look at it that way, it's like, okay, now how are we gonna use those 96 minutes amongst the big guys? You know, Miles is gonna get his 30. I don't think we wanna see Miles take a dip in minutes necessarily. He's coming off, you know, I, I, I won't go into Miles, but. I'm very high on Miles going into the next season. I think he's going to take a big leap, hopefully. Uh, you got Domas for last year, Domas averaged 24. But I think you have to assume that that we, we're going to find more minutes for him. They've uh, Nate McMillan and Pritchard, Kevin Pritchard have already talked about Sabonis playing more at the four uh, or the power forward position. And so let's just say he gets a bump in minutes and goes from 24 last year to, let's say, 28 this year or, or give him even 30 uh, you know and the reason why I think you can give him 30 28 to 30 is because with the signing of Goga that uh, it's everything that's been said so far is that he's that they're planning on him being a rotational player next year he's got to earn those minutes but I think that we're slotting him in as, as kind of that first big off the bench potentially or at least be in the running to, to be that therefore I think there's probably no chance that we re-sign Thad Young unless Thad wants to take. Although, you know, Bogdanovich, or uh, not Bogdanovich, um, Goga would be on a pretty cheap deal. So I don't know, maybe you still can bring Thad back, but ooh, no, I don't know. We'll see, right? We'll see. But um, that's, that's Goga. You know, and I think there'll be enough minutes. You got Miles at 30, Domas at 28. And then I think Goga gets about 20 minutes next year. And then that leaves Alizé and Leaf the last 10. So just a little bit about Goga, his background. I think he probably has an untapped gold mine of a, of a, of a personal story. Um, He's from the country of Georgia, which if you're like me and you don't know where that is. It is sandwiched between Russia and Turkey. So it shares one border with Russia and then the southern border with Turkey. That's the country of Georgia. And uh, during the press conference uh, that Gogo was given, he talked about his childhood and I also found out, found out that his dad was an NBA player, but uh, so I'm not exactly sure how that might tie into this uh, this experience that he would have had. But he mentioned being a nine year old and being on being his being uh, in in hiding, and that's because at that time of the in in 2008, uh, that the country of Georgia was being occupied by a foreign country, and I think it was Russia. I think it was Russia that was in there. So, you know, I mean, that's crazy, right? Like he was eight years old and his country is just 
taken over by another country. Like, I can't imagine what that would be like here. If there was, it's like all of a sudden you're getting controlled by a different set of people that have guns. It's not just, it's not just the police anymore. It's like, oh, now we've got a Russian police here. You're fine. Just follow these rules. It's like, yeah, right, man. And then I don't know, maybe he has felt, maybe his family had some money or something. And because it's, I mean, well, I don't, I don't know. There's no point in speculating. That's stupid. Uh, but anyways, so Goga's got, I think he probably, I mean, I'm assuming he's got to have some pretty interesting background and just imagine what that does to a kid or like, uh, it, it probably shapes a lot about you and a lot of your character, I bet. Um, but anyways, he is from Georgia. He's been uh, playing professional basketball since he was 15 years old. So he moved to like, so he was from Georgia and then moved to Serbia when he was 15, I believe, and started playing in the Serbian league. And just like age 15 and 16, he was like in this one league. And then I think he moved up to the next. So he just kept improving all the way each year, 15, 16, 17, 18. He's 19 last year. Last year, he makes it into the, uh, this coming from uh, Kevin Pritchard, the, the most competitive league outside of the NBA in the entire world, which is the Euro League. So the Euro League gave us, uh, you know, some really good players recently. Most recently, Luka Doncic last year came from the Euro League. Um, I'll get into that a little bit, but a lot of the, there's been a lot of really good international players that have come from this, this league. And Goga was playing in that league last year and he actually played so well that he won a pretty awesome award, really. It's, it's called the Rising Star Award in the Euro League, and it's awarded to the player who is 22 years or younger, the best player, or basically, yeah, the best player for 22 and under. Because granted, a lot of these players, this league is made up of a lot of former NBA players or like guys, you know, guys that maybe played two seasons, three seasons in the league or like they're just borderline NBA guys, but they just didn't make it. And they, they might, a lot of them guys, those guys might land up there. A lot of older guys. Um, and I think that's why the general manager, general managers, or maybe why that league is considered so, so good is because you got 30 year old men playing, the, playing in that league uh, at a super high level. So anyways, Goga played in that league. He won, he wins this award, Euro league rising star. And, I was looking at like the past winners of this award and it's pretty impressive. So you got Luka Doncic, who is probably gonna win rookie of the year next year or this year. Uh, Nikola Miritich, who is, you know, he played for the Bucks, but he's he's a really good player. I think a lot of, he's probably gonna be worth uh, 18 to 20 million and maybe 15 to 20 million in free agency this year. You got Ricky Rubio, somebody that has been on the Pacers um, Pacers, uh, you know, maybe may, may somebody that we go after in free agency. Bogdan Bogdanovich, not Bojan, but Bojan's brother. Actually, they're not brothers, uh, who played on Sacramento. Danilo Gallinari. I mean, all these guys like, are really solid players. They all had previously won this award that was just um, given to Goga Bidatse, who's now an Indiana Pacer, who is uh, someone who is 6'11", so he's 
He's absolutely huge. He's got a seven foot two wingspan. Uh, what were his strengths in the EuroLeague? Well, for one, he at some point, I, I, I at some point led the league in blocks. He was averaging like two and a half blocks in 24 minutes of action. Um, funny thing about Goga and blocking shots, he was talking during the interview, the, the introductory interview about how, uh, like, you know, what, Goga, what can you, like, what are you going to bring to this team? And he's like, I'm going to, uh, I'm not afraid to meet people at the rim. He's good. He's like, I chat, I'm going to challenge everything from the inside and also from the perimeter. Um, and he's like, I'm not afraid to get dunked on. Sometimes you block it. Sometimes you get dunked on. He's like, it doesn't matter to me one bit, but I'm going to challenge everything at the rim, uh, which I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. Like I was just, I was falling in love with the dude during this interview. And it's, and that was one of those comments that stood out to me. Um, so yeah, so he, he, Played in Serbia. He's climbed his way through this league. He made it all the way to the top league outside of the NBA. And now he's available to be drafted. And the Pacers got him at, with the 18th pick. Um, he was talking about his younger days. A, a lot of the questions that could, that were, 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 they'd be like, you know, well, when did you start watching the NBA? Or like, what do you know about the Pacers? And he'd, he'd just be like, man, it was like difficult as uh, I, I didn't get to watch the games. Like one, you know, his country was occupied by Russia too. The game, the times don't even start till like three. So he's basically just saying like, I didn't really get to watch NBA. Um, but there, but since I have started to watch NBA, he's talking about how much he follows it. And he knew all about the, the series last, well, I don't know, basically the Cleveland Pacers series last year. Well, against when it went seven games and there was that, the non-goaltending. So he was, he's very plugged in and he was very, uh, knowledgeable of, of the Pacers and kind of the, the team the last few years. And he thinks he's like going to be like a really great fit and he really wants to contribute. So he's just saying all these awesome things. But but back to when he was a kid, um, he was influenced. They asked him like, all right, who, who is your role models or whatever in the NBA? And he said, Zaza Pachulia, who Zaza, you know, is in the is, has been in the league. He's actually from Georgia as well. So uh, that's a pretty obvious mentor. But my favorite thing he said was he also really loved Kevin Garnett. Um, you know, I guess he must have known a little bit about the NBA because Kevin Garnett hasn't played for a while, but he mentioned the aggressiveness of Kevin Garnett. And he's like, that's what he's going to bring. Like, he wants to bring that type of aggressiveness. Uh, oh, yeah, contest everything at the rim, not afraid to get dunked on. That's what I was going to. Uh, so, yeah, he brings that aggressiveness. He's elite from the rim or elite uh, rim protector. Now we'll see how that translates in the NBA. Um, what else? That's kind of a little bit of, of uh, Goga's background. Um, I feel like there's something else I was going to say there, but I guess. Oh, what else does he bring? Yeah, so he's he's a, a rim protector. He also shot forty. 2.8% from the three-point line at 6'11 with that wingspan. Um, he's shown that, well, one of the things Kevin O'Connor wrote in, in his uh, draft board was that Goga would be the best uh, screener in this draft uh, because he's, he's good at setting screens and then either rolling or popping to hit threes, which it's like, boom, 
that that's exactly what you know would work with playing with Miles or with uh, uh, Domas. It's like that's that's one of the nice things that Miles has started doing this year. It's doing that pick and pop, um, opens up the court for Oladipo to operate. Uh, so yeah, he's basically you know those are the highlights inside defense and offensively he's got a really good touch he can shoot uh he can finish with both hands he doesn't play much above the rim uh he, so that's kind of where his limitations may uh you know that he's going to have to overcome is that he's going to be quite a bit slower than a lot of the guys in the league uh may have a hard time covering quicker guys and then also he doesn't get up very high um i mean he's 611 which helps helps him block shots and stuff but um I don't know. We'll we'll see. Hopefully his his rim protection translates into the NBA. That would be something to look out for, um, like signs of him being able to really disrupt things, uh, similarly to the way that Miles Turner disrupts things in the paint. Can can he basically do that for us off the bench, which is something we did not have last year, because really Sabonis would play that five off the bench. And that's kind of Sabonis' weaknesses. It's the interior defense. So it would be nice to be able to pair Sabonis and uh, Goga because Goga could, could do the same thing that Miles is doing and just cover the interior. Um, one other thing, or a couple other things, like from the press conference, he, he, got to, he got to Indy that same day, you know, and he was talking about how Indianapolis already feels like home to him. He's just very polite and very um, appreciative. One of the things that I noticed was it seemed like he always had like this shitty and grin, like he couldn't even, he was so excited about being uh, an NBA player that he, he just couldn't, every question, like before he would start to answer it, he would start to smile. It kind of reminded me of Ed, Edmund Sumner last year, which I love that, that's awesome. Um, he talked about the, so he did get a little bit of traction this, this week, uh, I guess, in social media, I don't know, I'm not on social media, but about Alizé Johnson. I did see the picture where, or not Alizé Johnson, um, Zion Williamson. So it was, it was before the draft and it was, they were doing press conferences or whatever. And there's a picture of Zion, who was the number one draft pick, sitting at his booth. And it was just completely surrounded by cameras and reporters. And then you can see another booth next to Zion and it's, it's Goga's booth, and you see Goga sitting in the chair facing Zion, and there's not a single reporter around him. Well, it's all like everybody made it out to be that Zion's so much more popular than Goga, and he kind of got, I think that's what the angle was or whatever. And so this reporter from the Pacers was like totally asked him, that's what he asked him. He's basically just like, you know, oh, you got famous off of this. Like, how, did, how do you feel about that or whatever? And Goga had the perfect response. He was like, well, you know, actually it was, I had already had my, my conference. It was my press conference. It was already over. I was just sitting there because I wanted to hear what he was saying. And I was like, wow, like this dude is like, cause he talked about how Zion's a really good player. And like, I think he just, he's like a fan almost like he, uh, or he's just someone who just wants to learn everything like I, th I think he probably probably values what Zion maybe would be saying or wanted to see how he was handling it regardless he was just interested and I think that's cool too and he said but even if 
that were the case, that, that there were no reporters to show up to him, he said that would be fine because it would just uh, help him be, be humble. And he talked about how, you know, all he wants to do next year on the Pacers is just come in and give 100% every day um, and compete as hard as he can. And they asked him, like, you know, it, he basically said, even if he's not getting any minutes, then he's just going to compete at practice. And um, I think that's going to be that obviously, like every player is probably going to say that, like, yo, I'm just going to bring it every day. And I could be just flat, uh, you know, showering him with uh, roses right now. But you just believe I just believed it when he was saying it. And I think the proof's in the pudding. Like, you know, this is a guy he he's had it kind of stacked against him. I mean, besides the fact that he's 6'11", it's just, it's just a good story to root for. He seems like someone who, he just would have a different upbringing than, like, than I would, you know, like, he, he had way different things to worry about. And so he just seems like someone who's genuine, genuinely appreciates the opportunity that he's been giving. And, and he's very, like, I think he could turn into being, like, my favorite player, uh, just based off of his uh, mentality. And if it, if it pans out, it, it's all about his game and does it translate. But, I mean, who knows? Like, he, I think he really believes that he's going to be uh, a superstar. And, and, and he, he alluded to this because, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, he went to Serbia to play. And while he was at Serbia, the year that he showed up in Serbia was the year that uh, Nikola Jokic, who's, who led the Denver Nuggets this past season, as of like a what is Jokic is maybe 23, 24 years. He's young. I th- I'm pretty, I mean, he's only been in the league a couple of years, but he led the Denver Nuggets to the second best record in, in the, in the, in the Western conference. Yeah. They got eliminated um, early, but I think that Goga believes he's, he's the next, like he can be like Jokic. They asked him, who's he, who's he most looking forward to playing against? He didn't say Kevin Durant or, or, you know, uh, whatever like he did he said Jokic he's excited for Jokic he wants Jokic um and I think that's awesome because he's he's got the attitude where he says he's humble he wants to work he's obviously curious um I just think man if if his game does translate look out can you imagine like all of a sudden the Pacers come out there and you know 90% of our big man minutes are played by Miles Turner, Domas Bonus, and Goga. I mean, all, and if Goga's good, like holy smokes, we could we could be we could have something that nobody has. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they can all play. You know, if they can, oh, those three can can uh, figure out how to play together, sort of. Um, When he stood up, he looked so tall standing next to Nate McMillan and, and uh, Kevin Pritchard. At the end of the interview, he stands up and you're like, oh my gosh. But I'm just super excited for him. Nate McMillan says he's ready to, he, he's ready to play now. So the, I, I just think that they're, they're anticipating him to get minutes. Um, I'm thinking maybe 20 to 22 minutes. And I'm excited for it. I'm ex- I, I think it's only good for the team, especially... It's looking like, right, it's looking like they're not just going to bring back everybody. We've already added two new players, which I'm about to talk about the second one here. But having a guy like like Goga, who's got the size, he's really going to push Miles Turner and, and Domas Sabonis, I think. 
Um, we hope so. Like, I hope, I hope that, uh, you know, Goga accelerates the growth of Turner and, and Sabonis because of the, the three of them beating off of each other. And I have, I have hopes that Goga might be a better, the best player between the two of them or, or between all three of them. And, and I'm super, and, and that's crazy because I'm really, really high on Miles, Miles Turner and Domas. So, what if what if all three of them are awesome? <laughs> right? That shit would be crazy if that happened. That would be crazy. And then we have Vic. And if we could if we can bring back Bogey, sign sign Bogey this offseason. Bogey and, and Goga, come on. This team is this team would be so much fun to root for. Um so I'm ready for that. I'm excited about this. I, I, I can't imagine there being a better player uh, that the Pacers could have taken. I mean, obviously, we got to wait. We got to wait and see how he pans out. But I think, I think he's got the potential to be an all-star and, and something really special, uh, which, would be, which would be so good for the Pacers because he's, he's so young. 19. He'll actually he'll be uh, 20. When, when was it? Uh, yeah, he's going to be 20 in July, so he's almost 20. Uh, let's see if there's anything else I wanted to mention about Goga before I go on to the second player that the Pacers acquired. Um, yeah, to me, it's just his passion, humility, toughness, energy, size, his ability to be a two-way player, perimeter shooting, those are the pros, and cons, perimeter defense, and just not being as athletic as a lot of the guys he's going to face. Going into next season, is he going to be ready to contribute? Question mark. How many minutes per game? Question mark. Um, and those will probably be determined based off of this question, which is, will his game translate to the NBA, from the EuroLeague to the NBA? Rim protection and shooting. Hopefully it does. Hopefully we got a really, really, really good player at 18. That happens every once in a while. I mean, Giannis got picked 15th. Um, I mean, there's there's gobs of examples of, of guys who are that end up being really, really good, and they're not lottery picks. So, and that's the other thing. He was projected to be a lottery pick. So, how did this happen? It, it, it just seems like good favor for the Pacers. Because they do the things, they do the little things right, right? It's the three T's. What are those three T's? Let's see. Let's go through them. Toughness, trust, togetherness. Goga embodies all three of those. Well, maybe over the past, over, after one interview. That, that's me. I'm the guy who, who takes one interview and I start, uh, I start building the trophy for him. Uh, or maybe get start start working up some like a tattoo of of Goga. I just I don't know why I'm falling in so fast for this dude, but I guess maybe that's just what I want to do. You know, I just I just want to root for something great. So that's where we're gonna start. Uh, the first game we would get to see Goga. I'm assuming he's gonna play in the summer league, which thankfully is not very far away. It is, I looked that up, the Pacers play on July 6th. 
And it's going to be a pretty fun squad, I, I would think. I haven't heard any of this, but I would project that, you know, you probably get another year of Holiday, Sumner, Goga, Alizé, and I think you play TJ as well. I think all five of those guys, let's see what they got. Who's going who's gonna to rise from this group? Because ultimately, we might need one and a half of these guys or two of these guys to be big-time contributors for us next year. And I don't feel very good about TJ, although I think he can be better. I think he can improve. I do like Alizé, but, man, uh, I don't know. So it could be Goga. Could be Sumner, could be Holiday. We'll see. Um, but that'll be Summer League, July 6th. So we'll get to watch that, get to see Goga in action. And let's let's start this thing. Um, okay, so the last thing I'm going to talk about is the second player that the Pacers picked up this past week. And this will become official in July because the Pacers, I think it becomes official. I don't know. It's been reported on, but... They didn't talk about him, or there hasn't been a press conference that I've seen about T.J. Warren, but uh, T.J. Warren is someone that the Pacers picked up out of, they, they got him from Phoenix. He is a pretty nice player. I mean, he's got a lot of, a lot of uh, he, he has potentially some elite skills, um, but he's been tucked away in Phoenix now for the first five years of his career. So he is, let's see, born in, he'll be... He'll be 26 years old in September. So to start the season, he'll be 26. He's a starter. Like he started for Phoenix probably all his whole career, I would think. He was the 14th overall pick back in um, 2014. He is six foot eight, can definitely create his own shot, almost like a, almost like a B plus version of Carmelo Anthony in Carmelo Anthony's prime, like ability to, to create his own shot and score the ball without being a lockdown three-point shooter, you know, although, and this is going to be the big thing to watch for this year with TJ Warren, is last year he shot way more three-pointers. He shot, he averaged over four three-point attempts a game and he made nearly two of them, which ended up being like, ah, did I put, I don't know if I wrote that down, but, oh, here we go, yeah, 42%. Yeah, so in previous seasons, he was 22%, and he was only taking like one and a half threes a game, and then last year was an outlier. Now, granted, he did not play very much last year. He only played about half a season. 43 games because of uh, some sort of ankle injury. And then I was looking it up. I was like, well, because I, I, so I was thinking, I was like, why do you only play 43 games? Well, apparently he hurt his ankle. And then there was some um, kind of like what happened with Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio, where it's like the team says that you're healthy and that you're ready to play. But the player says, nah, I'm not healthy. Actually, I'm not ready to play. Um, basically just it's not a good sign that things were going well. Like maybe he, maybe he thought he was trying, maybe they tried to trade him. I don't know. I don't know what something kind of spoiled uh, for TJ Warren and the Phoenix Suns. And therefore the Pacers were able to just, I guess, pay cash for him. I don't, I don't understand the old, everything about the deal, but it was like, you take him on, um, 
support. And and we also had to take like the 32nd pick of this this draft, which we ended up trading. But we took on TJ Warren and then all we had to give back was cash. So I guess that's what you can do if you're a team that has salary cap room. And so that's what we did. And what and he makes he's on a decent contract for the type of player that he could be and for what the Pacers would probably want him to be. Really, three year, thirty-five million dollars. So you know that that turns out to be like ten or what, what like 12, 12 million a year. So okay, so now we're taking on him. So it's kind of like you look at our our old free agents. Like, well, who are we going to get rid of now? It's like, well, I'd say bye bye to well Tyreek to start with. Tyreek, that's about the amount of money that Tyreek made. Um, and really, I kind of see T.J. Warren hopefully hopefully being the upgrade over Tyreek on this year's team. Like I hope TJ Warren and, and that would all hinge on the, if the Pacers are able to re-sign Bogdanovich. So it's a really good move too, in case we can't sign Bogey, which man, it's like, because we were able to get Goga, who I really think is going to be able to contribute. And we were able to get TJ Warren, who's someone who I think can contribute Maybe we do re-sign Bogey because we're kind of there. Like, our team's kind of in place for the next, like, I don't think we think we're going to win next year unless Vic comes back guns a-blazing, uh, which there has been an update. I think they're saying January 1st, like, the January is the new timetable. So we're going to start the season most likely without Victor. This was reported by, like, Wojanowski, and they did come up in the press conference, uh, Nate McMillan's press conference, and he said, you know, I'm not commenting on that because no one's told me. So we don't know for sure, but there have been reports that it won't be until January. So it's like, all right, Vic's, Vic comes back in January. He's going to need time, right, to like get back into Victor shape. So I kind of hopefully he gets into shape for the playoffs. And he's he's ready to go in the playoffs, and the Pacers win a playoff series next year. I think that's still like let's 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 please just win one series, and we're gonna get that we're gonna win that because we're gonna win a, we're gonna win a lot of regular seasons uh, regular season games again. Um, I think we're gonna win about fifty. I would put us at. 50 to 54 wins next year. And hopefully we can re-sign Bogey. Therefore, TJ Warren comes off the bench. And so I think you pay. I think you pay Bogey, hopefully not more than like 18 mil a year. Can we get him for like four years, 80? Or, or four years, 72? Kind of like that Miles deal. Or someone gonna offer him twenty five million a year, or like potentially max him out? Because I don't, I don't want him for that. But I want Bogey on this team. But we got T.J. Warren. That's what I'm talking about. And T.J. Warren definitely works for the Pacers, and he's especially if we don't have well, not especially, but he is an insurance policy if we can't if we don't get Bogey back, and if we are able to get Bogey. He's going to be a perfect upgrade over those Tyreek Evan, Tyreek Evans minutes. Um, I I don't know. Maybe I th I think TJ would probably be off the coming off the bench, and hopefully he's had. Hopefully the Pacers 
you know, are selling that to him if that's what they have planned. But we'll see. I don't know. Hopefully he comes in and and he's coming off the bench, but I'm still going to be excited about this team if he's a starter because I I think he he could potentially, um, I mean, he could have a breakout season. He's been stuck in Phoenix where it's like they've had a new coach every year. He hasn't been playing like he never he he played like 60 games two years in a row. And then this first year was 40. Last year was 40. I just think it's time for a change of scenery for T.J. Warren. And hopefully he's excited to come to this Pacers team where it's going to be the complete opposite of Phoenix. I would because, you know, Pacers, I would think, are very, you know, they run a pretty tight ship. It's kind of like team teamwork and you got to be there. You you know, I, I don't think there's. Maybe it's just a you know a little tighter operation than than what was going on in Phoenix, where who knows? Like there's just been a lot of turnover and, and kind of drama surrounding that organization over the past five to ten years. Um, so TJ, TJ comes in, he's excited to be a Pacer, um, excited to be on a contender. You know, maybe this is a guy that wants to play in the playoffs because I'm sure he hasn't played in the playoffs yet. Um, and, you know, I think he brings a lot to the team. It's like, he's way more of, I think he's way more of a potent offensive player than Tyreek. And I'd rather have, TJ's a guy that can, you know, he can get to the basket, but probably not quite as good as Tyreek. He, he's more of a mid-range killer. Um, and like I mentioned last year, he stretched his game out to that three-point line and almost hit two a game, which would be so good for the Pacers. He's young. He's 26. He fits that. Oh, I was going talking about our window. Yeah, you know, it's like he's 26. I think next year we just want to win one playoff series. And then that following year, let's get Vic full speed. You got Miles. You got you re-signed you or you you offer the extension to Sabonis this year. So you got Miles, Sabonis, a healthy Vic. You get Boga in his second year. You get Bogey. Um, Aaron Holiday, Edmund Sumner, very older, they've improved. And I still think there's another piece out there for the Pacers, but I think you're looking at a core here of Miles Domas, Goga, Vic, and hopefully Bogey. That that might be good enough to, to win a championship or at least to compete for a championship. TJ Warren, I mean, you're starting to, you know, you're building out a seven-man roster there, so for the, for, for the playoffs. So uh, I'm I'm really excited about TJ. You know, I'm he he's a he he's had games. What what I wrote this down um, in in this. Let's see what he said. What I say here, he had so many like three-point games or thirty-point games. Oh, tw- okay, here it was. So I mentioned forty-three games played. Twenty-four of those forty-three, he scored twenty or more points. So. We're looking at a dude that's he averaged 18. He he can score the basketball. And if we lose, if we lose Bogey, you know, Bogey averaged 18 as well. So he's gonna be a way cheaper option. Hopefully we can keep both. Um so let's see. Yeah, it's like that's TJ Warren. He's somebody that I think he's on a good contract. Really good score. Hopefully a change of scenery. Hopefully he likes the the culture. Maybe we can improve him, just get him more active, you know? Like he just, to me, seems like a player 
who, uh, it, but it could just be Phoenix is, is why I'm seeing him through this lens of just like, you know, maybe not giving it 100% all the time. And, you know, like Nate McMillan said, and, and so did Pritchard, you know, we, the Pacers don't give away minutes. And I, I hope that TJ knows that too. Um, and, but he definitely, I mean, pfft, man, we, we need wings. He could be our best wing. No questions about it. And it's like, hey, man, at one point in time, I mean, he's, he, last year he averaged almost, last year he averaged 19 and a half, I think. And then this, or two years ago, pardon me, 19 and a half. This year he took a little bit of a dip, 18. But it's like, man, he's been playing on the Suns. Like, let's get him, get him around, get him around Pacers players and the Pacers organization. See what, see what, what kind of player he really is. So I'm excited about him. Super excited about Goga. And so I think, you know, I'm about to end it here, but you're looking at the roster now as we're going into free agency. And this is basically, this is what we have on the books for next year. Um, so, right, you got a 12-man roster. I think you can carry like 14, though. Um, but regardless, you got Miles Turner is going to be back. Domas Sabonis is going to be back. Goga Pidatse will be back. Alizé Johnson, TJ Leaf, that's five. Now you look at your wings. You have TJ Warren, Doug McDermott. And now here's the question mark. Bo Bogey. If we bring back Bogey, that makes a third wing, and that makes our ninth roster spot. Leaving the guards with, we'll have Victor Oladipo, Aaron Holiday, Edmund Sumner, and then I've got another question mark here. And there's been there's been um, talks of Ricky Rubio as a free agent target. Kevin Pritchard is already talking about free agency. Like like it sounds like we're going to sign somebody. Uh, so who knows if it's going to be Ricky Rubio? Maybe it'll be somebody better. But even if it's not Rubio, or I mean, even if it is Rubio, I think I could get excited for Rubio too, because he's a guy who is tall, six foot four. His window matches up with the rest of the Pacers team. He's like, he's 20, 28, right? Or I think he's 28. So, you know, he'd be 29, 30 years old when we're going for that playoff run. I, I, I don't love Rubio and, and I don't want to get into too much of it, but let's say you put in Rubio. Now you're looking at, that's 12 men right there that I just named. And you got, let's just call it, you get down into the playoffs. Who's your, who's your top seven? I would say it's Victor, Miles, Domas, TJ Warren, Bojan Bogdanovic, Goga, Bidatse. Can it be that Ricky Rubio position, that's seven? Could Ed Edmund Sumner or Holiday make a, make a leap? Uh, what about McDermott? Does McDermott step in? Can he be like a really solid eight? Could we have like a you know what I mean? So it's like, let's just, yeah, I, I mean, we, we could have a really good seven. This could be a really fun team. I mean, it's it's a great time to be a Pacers fan. I think it, I, I, I don't know. I, obviously, I've been following this way closer than I ever have, but it just feels like things are looking up and that, 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 that the addition of Goga and the addition of TJ Warren without having to, um, well, I don't even know what I mean by without having to. We just added two players that I think are going to be able to play. So it also means that a lot of the guys that we had on the team last year 
probably aren't going to be coming back. Uh, just hopefully we can bring back Bogey. Um, and we're going to need to have some, we're going to need something at guard, right? Like, so we'll see. It's cool. And it'll be here before we know it. So thanks for checking out the pod. Um, I want to say I did come up with something that I think is pretty uh, fun for me to do. It's going to be a, I'm going to have an award show called The Boom Babies. Um, I went ahead and was doing some brainstorming and I started having a lot of fun pretending that I was able to just, you know, create an award and then give somebody it. Uh, so I'll be having a pod uh, probably next week on that. And then it goes into free agency and then we'll see what the rest of the summer holds, but it's all good. Okay. That's all I got. Hope everybody has a great week and I'll talk to you later. Peace.